0: Good song. It's a good song. I like I do not the disagree. original a little more than the remix. There's, if I'm being honest, I, I, if I'm being honest, I, there's there are remixes of it out there that I like, but I've heard a lot of them. But that one, not for me. Again, I as I texted to a friend when I was discussing this last night, change equals bad in my world. <laughs> uh, so right. that person from yeah, you're the wrong just, person. To just ask. starting from that standpoint. And I actually did say when they were down to nothing that it should be no goal song until they win the cup. So that's how I was feeling at any point in time last yeah, night.
1: I saw a tweet that it should be a fart noise until they, they you know, at least get it's to like a conference this, or final. Or how about
0: like a, instead of fart noise, that's a little crude. <laughs> what about like a slide list of like, <laughs> woo? <wee, whoop. laughs> uh,
1: Maple Leafs win the hockey a game. A
0: kazoo. What would be the, what, a vuvuzela? What would be other annoying oh sounds God. they could play? Vuvuzela. vuvuzela.
1: Uh, I'll maybe never recover from, like, the Vuvuzela bringing v- yeah. in my ear after the World Cup in South Africa. Uh, Maple Leafs one 0 O atop the Atlantic Division, or at least pulling even. Actually, not pulling even because that was not a regulation or overtime win. So uh, the, the Lightning still have the tiebreaker over the Leafs. At the top of the Atlantic yes. Division with a six-five shootout win over the Montreal Canadiens, coming back from two goals down with with less than than five minutes to go, and Austin Matthews with the hat trick after going an entire season without one a season ago, um, on pace to to return to his stature as the best goal scorer five-on-five, five, despite the fact none of the goals were scored five-on-five five. <laughs> yesterday in the in the National Hockey League. He had a couple on the power play, one. 6 on 5. That's all well and good and we talked about the defense core and how it's a work mm-hmm. in progress and you can clearly see a scenario where the deadline arrives and it's a totally remade blue line not dissimilar to the way it happened uh, last year mm-hmm. when like Luke Shen all of a sudden emerged as the second most important uh God. defenseman for the this it was Leafs so team. Good. Yeah. Uh, That could happen, and in fact, I would wager on it happening, not necessarily the Luke Shen of it all, but like somebody, my goodness, somebody.
0: Definitely, (laughs) just to be clear, definitely not Luke Shen.
1: Yes, somebody uh, being acquired by Brad True Living at the deadline. I find it hard to believe that a goaltender is going to be acquired. This is the goaltending tandem Maple Leafs are going to go into the playoffs with. Ilya Samsonov and Joseph Wall. Oh, you've got like a furrowed brow that you're not necessarily convinced of that. Didn't you see Connor Hellebuck signed an extension? Okay.
0: This is 95% chance these are the guys that are carrying the mail for this team. How much mail they can carry, Mm. if they get it to the right address. These are all questions that are fair (laughs) to ask. But... If it just blows up in their face, I don't think it's going to. But if, if Samsonov just can't hack it and yeah. the arbitration hearing that was the nastiest thing that ever happened just ate at him and he's a different guy and he had the bounce back of fatherhood and now he's back to the guy who was before that. If that happens and Joe Wall is unable to grab the ball... They cannot just sit here and say, oh, well, hopefully someone makes a save. If you think it is an impetus to improve the blue line because we think this team can win, and I think everyone thinks that, if neither of those guys grabs the ball or grabs the reins or grabs something, the crease, I guess, in this case, yeah, then I think you do have to look at doing that. I don't think they want to. I don't think there are options available if they need to. Can but- you get an NHL starting caliber goaltender at the deadline? Well, okay. I Like... This is so galaxy brain, and this is not the way it'd go, but if you trade William Nylander, you oh, can get oh. anything you want, Ben. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, like, not nice. to say that that would be the move, but there's the cap space to be opened up. There's the fungibility. That Again, that is doomsday scenario if they have to go out and acquire a guy, but because of the – it's not an all-in season. Bunk has been great on this, talking about it the last couple of days. Of It's kind of no longer all-in around here anymore, but – you still cannot just look at it and throw your hands up and say, ah, hopefully somebody makes a save. Maybe Matt Murray's going to come back in the play. You cannot do this. So that's the reason why I think that 95% chance, those are the guys, but the 5% chance does exist.
1: Well, I mean, Ilya Samsonov made 19 saves yesterday. <laughs> 24 shots headed his direction. Five goals against now a, a lot of high danger Chances, uh, three high-danger goals against. According to Natural Statrick, though, his expected goals against total was 1.77. That's mm-hmm. a five-on-five. Five. He allowed for uh, a five-on-five five goals against. So, so not ideal for Ilya Samsonov. So we head to the next game on Saturday mm-hmm. against the Minnesota Wild with a question here because yep. Ilya Samsonov... By the end of the season was the unquestioned number one, and part of that was injuries to Matt Murray, but he earned that job going into the postseason, was in net for the Toronto Maple Leafs first postseason series victory in 20 years, and he was a key contributor. He was good during that lightning series. And he got hurt, and and, and Joseph Wall took over during the Panthers series and had his moments. But also Joseph Wall looked pretty great during his limited sample during the regular season last year. Looked really great at the AHL level. His pro resume is a very, very short. But also under contract beyond this season, and I think given their druthers, wouldn't Bradtree Living love for him to emerge as the number one this season? But what is the dynamic between these two? Is it one unquestioned one and then backup B, or is it one and one A? Considering the way last season played out, I think Saturday's an interesting decision, Brent, because you got a guy who had a rough preseason, and both guys actually had rough preseasons. So ball, bad, too. So um, bad. But he had a rough preseason. Had the question marks surrounding him with you're right the the off ice stuff with the arbitration hearing, and then the hey, is he going to perform as well as the unquestioned number one? And then, yeah, like I said, the 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 wanting to put Joseph Wall in the right position. Is this a pure timeshare? There's a lot of things that are going to be gleaned out of the decision to, to who starts in yep. goal on Saturday against the Minnesota Wild. What decision would you make?
0: I think that you have to look at Samsonov as your 55% starter. Like he, in your mind's eye right now, is the starter, but it is just barely a tick ahead. And I think the way last night's game went, that it is not it, was, it not to put it all on him, but not to take it all off him either. You go to Joe Wall. I think he'd just kind of go back and forth until one of these guys puts up a good game. And then guess what? They get to play again. And then if they play again, they get to play again. Ideally, you want a 2 and one split the rest of the way. I think that that's what they hope emerges here. If they go to Samsonov tomorrow, I wonder what that tells them, or what that should tell us about how they feel about Joe Wall. Honestly. I, not I, the other way. I don't go the other no,
1: way. No, I think it, it is the other way. Because I disagree. I think that Ilya Samsonov is, okay, maybe not like the entrenched number one like you, you have in, well, in Winnipeg, right? Like he's not for Connor sure. Hellebuck. Like he's, yep. he's not number one, number one, number one, despite the fact that he put up career-high numbers and mm-hmm. started started 40 games for the Maple Leafs and was in goal for all six games against the, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. But I think he has earned the right to at least Attempt to be that, right? Like, he he deserves an opportunity to erase the memories of yesterday's game. And I think going away from him, you are indicating to him that this is not – we're not even – given our brothers. like – or or maybe you're indicating what is probably the truth, mm-hmm. uh, that you want Joe Wall to emerge maybe as the starter. Or you want this to be an equal 50-50 timeshare where – I'm sure Ilya Samsonov is looking at what he provided, taking less, mm-hmm. by the way, to sign with the Maple Leafs, understanding that he would get an opportunity, which worked out yeah. swimmingly for him because he rightly anticipated Matt Murray's inability to get the job done. By the way, it was surprising to see Matt Murray in attendance Came there.
0: Just, did, did they... Telling me he was going to be on TV? <laughs> looked like a hostage. I, well, I'm sure there's an element to that, but that's what the money's for. Uh, honestly, it really was like, you better look hurt. <laughs> no haircut for you. Surgery. had surgery. No, no one's doubting it, but it, they, he didn't have to not comb his hair yeah, or yeah. shave because he had surgery. You could do either of those things. I, I don't care. I don't this isn't lose leaves, but <laughs> it looked like they told him, you better look hurt. Yeah, just look like I was just that is an afterthought him. to you. I was surprised to see him there, just as, as now you've dragged me down into my new hell here. I couldn't. I was like they didn't show Jordan Bean. He ended up Beaner. He, he gets in mm. the video review. He's the only guy in the NHL this year to get one right thus far. Yeah, uh, is that right? You've been monitoring them? one and one. I looked it up just okay. now, just so I could give him the credit. <laughs> uh, I was for whoever in in Pitt lost it the other night. Uh, the Chicago coach. So oh, that's what right. happened there, but. Neither here nor there They didn't show him I was like I was upset He wasn't oh. gonna get his due But then he came through Wow clutch. that is That is intense I, Like minutia To get into I did I was wondering where he was Good because for you I, Because I know what he looks like But I like to picture him As like the man in white From yeah. Jay's land Of just He's back there Pulling the strings
1: Anyways I'd be going back to Samsonov <laughs> I think if, if and secondarily, if you do think that there are things mentally that, that can impact his performance and that there is a trust issue he would like to see established here between he and the organization and it's it's a it's a hey, it's a meritocracy. Again, yeah, it. it's sure. pro sports. But I'd give him one more, right? Like, and if he stinks out the joint again against the the Minnesota Wild, I think either way you, you can't go
0: three games yes. without starting. Joel Wall starting on Monday against the Chicago Black. Well, Ops. how much of that does that? How much of that goes into it? Saturday night at home, first one is a big deal. That's it. The Bedard game is not nothing. Yeah, but it's not Saturday night. It's not the first hockey night in Canada for sure. I don't know. I I this is it's funny because we're going to talk about messaging in a second when we transition to the Blue Jays here. It's all in the messaging. If they went up to those guys at the beginning of the season and said, hey, Sammy, you had the ball at the end of the year until you didn't because you got hurt, yeah. we're going to lean to you, but it's going to be a bit of a split until somebody gets it, then I think that that doesn't do anything to Samsonov's confidence that he doesn't get the net on Saturday night. But if it was this wishy-washy, yeah, who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I'll keep it in my, my hip pocket and let you that know How could that be the messaging? How could that, I mean... Well, because, I, I, because if you... It, it all depends on the guy. Mm-hmm. Do you need the carrot or do you need the stick? If he needs the carrot, then you go up to him and say, hey, Sammy, this is our exact plan, how we're going to do it this year. We want you in this game, this game, this game. We're going to see what happens. If you steal the net, you're going to get more than is promised you. Or maybe he needs the stick. And it's, yeah, okay. Both of you guys are 50-50. I, Paul.
1: I have a lot of time for Joseph Wall, and I think he's going to be a too. fine National Hockey League goaltender. But just like factually has not done very much nope. to, to earn that trust. Like, just hasn't. Like, put up great numbers, again, across a couple mm-hmm. of levels of professional hockey. Yep. For the first time in his entire career, totally. right? And and looked good at times during the postseason. Didn't look like prime Dominic no. Hasick by any stretch of the no. imagination. Just factually, if you're going by the facts, you're looking at the numbers, you're looking mm-hmm. at what he's provided. Again, looking at the Ilya Samsonov... Yep. Giving up an opportunity to maybe make more elsewhere after the Capitals waved goodbye mm-hmm. to their their first round goaltender selection, understanding that this was an opportunity that that would present itself, taking less to become a Toronto, I believe, and then exceeding maybe not their expectations but exceeding every career stat line mm-hmm. he's ever put up, and then leads you to a first round postseason victory. How? Yeah, I I I wouldn't blame him a little bit. I, I wouldn't blame him at all for being a little bit perturbed at the idea that he might have to split time with
0: joseph wall no oh, you could have you could have stopped more than the, the like nineteen on twenty four shots or okay, whatever it was last one. night again. And, but we're talking about
1: equity, right? Like definitely what, what he's built
0: last season. And I think it's also fair to point out that if we were going to sit every Leaf who had a bad game against Montreal Canadiens, yeah. there wouldn't be a Leaf that had <laughs> no. ever played the second game of the season <laughs> right. for the last five years. So yes. I think that's also fair to say. It would basically just be Matthews and Bertuzzi that are that are playing tomorrow night. So I understand that aspect of it. Yeah, I think it's I think it tells us a lot about the Leafs, and I, it's just uh, you know this. Would have been helpful four days ago, but I would have loved somebody to have asked Sheldon, what's the goaltending plan for this weekend? Because right. then we would have had it on paper, and then we could have gone oh, and He done would have it. never said, he's like, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but then you could read into that. <laughs> I guess. I guess you could. We're going to read into a lot uh, to
1: Mark Shapiro. I don't read much, but reading into the Leafs? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And reading into... Press conferences from Blue Jays executives. Ooh. You don't have to read into much from Ross Atkins. Like it was all right there. Like there was there was no like subtext. There was no. it was very explicit.
0: His fault. Uh, yeah. <laughs> was- sorry, sorry. Their fault. Uniformed coaches. So the
1: president of the Toronto Blue Jays is going to speak today at eleven o'clock. Uh, by the way, a special edition of Blair and Barker starting at ten thirty on Sportsnet five ninety of the fans. So leading you into the Mark Shapiro media availability, and then they will join. Uh, the radio station uh, after that media availability. Oh, it's also on television, on uh, Sportsnet.
0: Oh, uh, fancy new set.
1: Yeah. Of, uh, Bourne and Kipper
0: and Amish and Justin use. Yeah. yeah Blair and Barker there. A very good. Good for them.
1: Uh, so... We're, we're still digesting, and and naturally, uh, I I would expect a lot of the the questions posed to Mr. Shapiro today gonna focus one around Saturday's Ross Atkins media availability. First question: What was that on yeah, Saturday? Yeah, and two, like the again the 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 way information flows in this organization, and specifically mm-hmm. the, the decision making that led to Jose Barrios being lifted in the fourth inning in Game Two on wednesday and yusei kikuchi entering the game whit merrifield had some pointed comments at the conclusion of wednesday's game didn't like the idea that jose barrios was lifted at all there's no audio of that but he was on record as saying he didn't like it he's a pending free agent and i believe it was one of the guys that ross atkins basically pointed at and said oh yeah good it was nice having whit merrifield around see you later won't yep. be engaging didn't It'd it say this explicitly, but it was implied yeah. that he nice pat on the butt as he head out the door. He'll be headed out of town. Whit Merrifield joined the Foul Territory podcast hosted by Eric Kratz yesterday, and of course, the questioning surrounding that game on Wednesday
0: was Schneider and Pete Walker. Were they handcuffed on this decision? I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm
1: not going to speculate or throw people under the bus, but there was uh, there was definitely some confusion among the players as to as to what what was going on um, so I, I don't know I don't know what happens behind those doors behind the coach's doors on the conversations that go down uh, I just know what's communicated to us and, and the words that go around the locker room and uh, we were I mean we were confused about it and we were confused as to where I guess we want uh,
0: we just don't know the conversations that go on
1: what? What why uh huh what somebody should tell him uh man this thing gets worse and players that are are going to be part of this team i'm sure are incentivized to make it sound better yeah. and wit is under no such incentive <laughs>
0: Oh, the guy the guy who said, and I quote after the game, I hated it, frankly. Yeah. You think he's not hiding things? Yeah.
1: But he, he's also incentivized to t- tell
0: the truth. Like, there's no reason
1: to specifically go out of your way to throw dirt no. on the Toronto Blue Jays who, I, I, I mean, despite Ross Atkins' comments, like, the, the possibility exists that they can engage sure. with Whit Merrifield in, in free agency. And it's, besides that, like, you don't want to upset any... Potential employer and
0: and gets around. That's what I've been thinking about with all this.
1: Yeah, you don't want to do that. So I I take the man, though, at his word that he was surprised. Those players were surprised. And Jose Barrios didn't necessarily say he was surprised, but didn't understand the reasoning behind it. Like, what's going on here? Like, I I just, I don't understand why there's a lack of communication to the players. You don't have to tell them explicitly what, what you're up to, but... Isn't isn't that like a natural like pre-game meeting discussion of the the strategy of the game that you're about to play? Hey hey guys, like we we like our chances against their lefties with our lefties to get them out of the lineup, and it sets up uh, us up better down the stretch of the game, considering how dominant our right-handed relievers are. Like how is there the just like this blanket level of surprise across? everybody and then going back the other way a, a, a level of surprise for ross no one knew. no one knew <laughs> somehow no one knew yeah it does seem though again like ross atkins lots of blame i had lots of time for for the blame game surrounding ross atkins john schneider is the guy responsible for the messaging to the players now, whether he believes it or not there is there's no debating that like ross atkins does not talk to the players on an everyday basis
0: it's this seems like a failure of communication. How how can it not look look that way? And you know, part of this is I think it was Shy's piece that we saw this from in the aftermath of it of there being some problems with the the coaching staff selling the message to the players or having buy in on their own on their own and it it just clearly seems to me and we'll never know this cuz I don't think we're ever going to see the smoking gun that proves this but just seeing how it all played out, it really looked to me like a message that whether you want to say it came from above or beside John Schneider or somewhere else. And it was clearly a guy who did not have buy into the plan because if you did have buy in, you yeah. would explain it to players and it wouldn't be because to Barrios, if, if we're going to understand what he said of, I was not surprised, but I didn't understand that to me. And again, like this is the most uncharitable version of it. But that sounds like the conversation went something along the lines of you're coming out once you get to the lefties second time around, and that's going to be that. Uh, and then and then Kikuchi's coming in. But well, why? I don't, I honestly couldn't tell you either, but Kikuchi's coming in. That's what that sounds like. And I'm sure there was a much better version of that conversation. But if you're not a believer in the plan, that's probably how you mention it. And just putting myself in Schneider's shoes, and not to say that we're the same, we're probably very, very different, but... I'm the type of person who, if I have to follow through with something and I don't really like it, I'm not shy about hinting loudly right. that I don't like this. So it's, hey, we're going to do this. I don't know if you Just can do that, Just to be known though. that I'm – well – If again, I talked about it, it's like not that they would have gone about it this way, but if that's the way you're galvanizing this team of okay, the plan's coming from above. I don't like it anymore either. Let's show these guys. Let's shove their plan. Like that is the thing that I can't I can't wrap my head around with because that or that I try to understand from Schneider's perspective. Because honestly, if I was put in that position of carry out this plan that you Mm. do not believe in and is going to blow up in your face that's how I'd be selling it going yeah okay here's our plan it's a great no no guys it's a great you were right to great say
1: plan. that you're different than John Schneider because you,
0: you can't <laughs> think you can't be a leader and and yes despite your qualms well, is that a question we have or not <laughs> honestly like I'm not saying he's not a leader but yes have we had proof positive that no, he is one
1: no 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 but you can't be a leader and, and expect everybody to give their all but give them the, like some sliver of doubt it's to like you making the decisions that you think best help your team win a baseball game that you have to win to continue your
0: season. You, well, can't- do you Do you not think the player, like, I'm not saying to a man they all think, oh, this isn't Schneider, but I think the players who are, you know, we, it's like all walks of life. People are super invested in their job. Some people just do their job. I yeah. would imagine the people who are more invested do understand that, okay, I've had come. Think about a baseball team. Think about how much you just talk to people. Think about how much you just around people. Then have conversations about the game of baseball with John Schneider and know that that's probably not the way he would go about doing things. So I do wonder how you go about selling it and still remaining a leader or your authentic self or whatever it is. I don't know. It's fascinating what I would give to... I used to think the question I wanted to know most was who told Sheldon Keefe to say he was sorry. And now now that is so far on the back burner. <laughs> not to now circle back to the leaf, But yeah, I was
1: waiting to see like after that performance that resulted in two points. Oh, he would like, have been like everybody but Matthew sucks. <laughs> well, he did. He didn't say it in explicit terms. He was like, yeah, not a lot of positives to, no, to of talk course. about this team. He's a coach. Outside of the fourth line. And
0: yeah, it's two points. So we move on. But- I am. I am waiting to see how how aggressive he is when it comes time to drop Yeah, the like
1: hammer. if they do that again on Saturday, even if they, it's so hard when you pick up the two points though. It's tough, it is. It is very, very difficult, but yeah, if he gets that type of performance out of the blue line and uh, the majority of the hockey team
0: uh, against the uh, uh, Minnesota Wild team. The exact, the actual antithesis of the Montreal Canadiens. They have a 40-goal store in Kirill Kaprizov and then it is just a bunch of worker bee types. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. actually the exact opposite.
1: It'll be interesting to hear how uh, Sheldon Keefe messages that one. But yeah, yeah, last last thing on on John Schneider, I'm not an insider. i I'm not around this team day to day the 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 Toronto Blue Jays, right? Um, I have been at times, but uh, in various seasons, but not this season. And I talking to enough people that are mm-hmm. and understanding some previous iterations of Blue Jays teams that have had issues with the manager, it's almost entirely because, yeah, I do think decision making is largely predetermined or there's a, a communal uh, decision-making process that leads to the on-field decision-makings. Uh, the majority of the import of the manager is the relationship building. And mm. when it can go sour, it's like a lack of understanding of what the plan is or a lack of communication from the manager to the players. And you mentioned that shy piece on sports and that was the deal with Charlie Montoyo apparently, yep. right? Like that he started not believing in the plan. And instead of I guess your thing of like he, uh, winking when he talked about the plan. How greats that he was you're, like, you're I, I, that's a bad idea. Instead, I'm just gonna like not talk to my players. That's the worst thing. That like when the players are confused, they can't find the manager. Like he's not around. His oh door God. is closed. That's awful. If that's indicating some some trend or some
0: trait that john schneider has that that could be real bad yeah you don't want that you you definitely don't and yeah everyone has different ways to sell things whether they believe in them or not but um can confirm not a leader if you can't be found to lead Yes. Yeah. that that much we can't confirm is true time now for something to chew on brought to you by great canadian meats speaking of great Leaders, great orators as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> Bill best talker. Belichick. Only if you ask him about a guard on the ninth 19- special teams, seventy-two Giants. Or yes, Matthew Slater is his favorite football player oh, of all time. He has he'll he'll talk your ear off yes, about special teams, but not the not like he doesn't care about Justin Tucker and his fifty-yard field goals. No. no, he wants a gunner <laughs> on punt coverage or something.
1: So uh, Bill Belichick has has suffered the worst two defeats in his entire. career. Career the last two weeks for the New England Patriots who are sitting uh, they're they're holding at one win uh, this season and the questions are surrounding that football team about the future at the head coaching position and I think just about everybody is of the belief that there will be some transition if it if in fact Bill Belichick ain't it going forward there will be some some way to move on from him that will be. Not your standard firing. Well, not Jeff Howe of The Athletic, who has this from his most recent. There's a school of thought that suggests Bill Belichick has earned the right to go out on his own accord. That the architect of the greatest dynasty in NFL history can coach in New England as long as he chooses. Kraft, Robert Kraft, doesn't subscribe to it. Explicitly implied... Well, you can't explicitly imply. But uh, making explicit, (laughs) I think... That Robert Kraft would fire Bill Belichick. I mean, I I, I find it hard to believe that he would do that in season. But at the conclusion of the season, there might be a conversation between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. And, and, hey, Bill, do you want to move on? And him saying, no, I want to keep at it. Like, I think we're building something here. And Robert Kraft saying, well, I don't. You're out of
0: here. I don't think Belich- or I don't think Kraft wants to fire Belichick. I don't think he wants to be seen as the guy who could not make it work with Brady at the end. And then, however you feel about Belichick now, it ending unceremoniously. I don't think that's what he wants to do. Robert but, Kraft, yeah, Robert Kraft. If think about it, if if the because. The Patriots, it's entirely possible there's a new head coach and they Mm -hmm. get Caleb Williams and it rebounds. But it's also likely that this organization is just kind of lost in the wilderness for a decade here or so. And if all people in Boston are thinking about is that Robert Kraft was the guy who couldn't make nice with... Both of them. No,
1: the- but that's that's not the, the the narrative surrounding Robert Kraft. It was Robert Kraft forced Bill Belichick's hand and and made him go back to Tom Brady instead of moving on to Jimmy Garoppolo, well, and they got another Super Bowl title out yeah, of them. And then
0: where did Tom Brady get his next Super Bowl title? Not with the Patriots. Like it is going to be it, whether it's true or not. That right. will be perception. The thing about it is that I, for one, am not remotely shocked that an 82-year-old billionaire Mm -hmm. does not want to treat his most valuable asset as a make-work project for someone who he thinks should be a retiree. Mm -hmm. If that is how he views the situation, now maybe that's way, way too harsh, but if that's the case, of course he feels that way. The patriots are his... Crown jewel being an NFL owner. We always talk. Think about the way we talk about John Schneider. And that's one of 30 jobs. He just works there. He owns the Patriots. Of course, he doesn't want to let, let this descend into whatever. So I think it is super awkward. I think they have to find a way. The other interesting part about this as well is that because of like, they've tried a couple of times now to have a, Not quite successor, but a bit of a successor in waiting. Gerard Mayo has kind of been that guy now. But the problem is, is that he's colored with the Belichick stink of what's going on right now. So do you really feel like it's a fresh start or you've got a new vision or anything like that? And the last thing that I think has to be stated about Belichick is the coaching tree stuff. I don't have it all in front of me, but there's a reason that Andy Tree's coaching tree... Looks like something out of Joshua Tree with limbs going 8,000 different places and Bill Belichick's looks like a pine in Muskoka on an island that just kind (laughs) of goes straight up. Yeah. What does it tell you about the guy that he has not been able to share that wealth, that he has not been able to create greatness around him? Why would we think he's able to create it with the people who are in the building with him? We see how Patricia's been, O'Brien was a disaster, yada, yada, yada. So that's the other part of it is that even if you want it to be a nice, easy, smooth transition... How can you believe that's going to be the case if he's never proven an ability to build up a coach to become what you need to be if they're going to be the guy taking the reins over? it's Man, it's dark there. So
1: you're not like John Schneider. I'm not like Robert Kraft. Because if I was 82 and I had been at the helm of the most successful NFL dynasty in the history Mm -hmm. of the sport, six Super Bowl (laughs) rings on my fingers and understanding that... Yeah, okay. People are going to look to Brady and Belichick, but I like number three as as the the through line throughout that two decade yep. run of success. And you know, I, I've I've turned what was a laughingstock franchise, totally. honestly, before oh the two thousand one championship into the glamour of franchises. I, there would be not resting on my laurels, but I'd be like, I already won. Like I I won, and like it is about legacy building for me and relationship. Mm, fostering mm-hmm. and and it's an ugly look like the idea that you're going to transition now into like a second dynastic team or that you're going to be a championship team honestly again in the next 20 years in your lifetime at 82 is <sighs> like it's so so hard to imagine and and you would be lucky beyond belief to get it i would be like Mm. I'd be making sure everything's on the up and up, but that's why there's many reasons. But it's it's why I'm not like a captain of industry because these guys never give up. Like, they never stop wanting to crush and and win.
0: Well, in the same way Brady wanted his without Bill and Bill wants his without Brady, I mean, Kraft, don't get me wrong. Like, he'd love nothing more than the band to all be back together and they all go win together. But if he's able to have, it's never going to be the Patriots. Mm. You know, it could be the great thing about the Chiefs. We all talk about the Chiefs so great right now. I'm going to go on record right now. It is not going to end with six Super Bowls by the time Patrick Mahomes is done. They're going to have less than that because it's just impossible to do these things yeah, in the they NFL. They already have two. Yeah, okay. How does that receiving core look this year? We don't need to do <laughs> this It doesn't matter. You understand? My, the, the point I'm making is that if Kraft does see it as that's the way to separate himself as being the guy who is able to build it up but then have another wave kind of after those guys, why wouldn't he feel just as competitive about it as Brady and Belichick would?
1: Yeah, he does, apparently. Yeah. Uh Love even it. at
0: eighty two. Love it. I was wearing w- sneakers. That's this yeah. that's the best boss move of a of a billionaire guy. Why would you ever wear a dress shoe? I, I won't be as intense at eighty-two, let me tell you. I'll be <laughs> I'll be on the golf course. I was gonna I well, that doesn't mean I've seen your dad. I don't know how old he is, but he's intense out there. Yeah. He's seventy two. Okay. I, I I purposely did not age yeah. him. I was not saying he's eighty two <laughs> years old. I'm just saying still intense. <laughs> he is, he's intense, especially when we play
1: match play on the golf course. All right, when we we'll come back. It's been a rough go for Blue Jays fans over the last week and a half. And win a playoff game, and they only scored one run. And then their manager <laughs> made a horrible decision. And then the general manager hey, threw the manager under the bus. And then we'll see what happens to, uh, at Mark Shapiro's press conference today. And then you know the prospect they gave up last offseason is having one of the postseasons to remember, and leading his surprise Arizona Diamondbacks team into the National League Championship Series. First
0: show's great, though. So,
1: oh boy. <laughs> we'll talk about the, the rest of the Major League Baseball playoff story next. The Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, bright Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.
0: Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Show, Sports right, bad, bad, gunning. You know what? You, you've never seen it before because the Diamondbacks become the first team in playoff history to hit four home runs in a single inning. That one was off the bat of Gabriel Moreno capping the barrage. That and, name sounds familiar. Yeah, well, it, it was all the scoring Diamondbacks needed in a 4-2 victory over the Los Angeles Dodgers, who, again, pick up the same number of postseason victories. As the Toronto Blue Jays, that would be a big fat zero. The Diamondbacks somehow, despite being the last team into the National League Wild Card or into the pl- uh, National League Playoff picture as the final Wild Card and finishing the regular season with four straight losses, because baseball makes no sense this time of year. Yes, into the NLCS. But yeah, Gabby Moreno, you 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 may recall him from such uh, roles as you know prize prospect by the Toronto Blue ah, Jays. Yes getting called up last year. I do remember this. Performing in limited time and then being the key piece of a trade that netted the Blue Jays, Dalton Varsho, who played defense incredibly well. Boy, did he. It, It must be said. Incredibly well. Most of it coming in left field where the Blue Jays also in years past have played such notable defenders as Adam Lind yeah. and Chris Colabello.
0: A little Ooh. different.
1: Yeah. It's it's not generally thought of as a prime do, defensive do position. Lind and
0: Colabello if you put Lind and Colabello out there together mm-hmm. and told them to run in opposite directions, did they have the range that Varsho does?
1: Probably not. Honestly. And you know what? And and Varsho did play <laughs> some time in center field. he will be your center fielder next year, he's probably. He's gonna have tremendous defensive value as a center fielder and perhaps is I mean, not even perhaps. This is this was pretty low bar for him offensively. Like, I, I think he's better than what he showed this year. But what he showed this year was one of the worst everyday offensive players in Major League Baseball. One of the worst qualified hitters as far as OPS is concerned across mm-hmm. Major League Baseball. And there's weird stuff with the home road splits. I get that. Yeah. They also hit way fewer first pitch home runs than he did a season ago when he hit 10, which uh, tied Aaron Judge
0: for the most in Major League Baseball. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> What do you think's more likely? The judge is able to replicate that or Varsho?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so Gabriel Moreno now has three home runs in the postseason. He has an 813 slugging percentage. By the way, he hit uh, seven home runs during the regular season. So almost halfway to his, his regular season <laughs> goal total or uh, home run total in the postseason. A robust OPS of 1,107 and obviously playing the incredible defense that He's always played because that was that was a given yep. going into this thing. That was the floor. It was he's going to be an incredible defender for you, probably hit for a pretty high average and eh, maybe not take too many walks and certainly like the, the power, maybe there's potential for him to grow into it, but hadn't really shown up. At any professional level, mm-hmm. and while he hit for a high average with the Blue Jays And limited sample at the major league level last year, yeah, power just not even there. Like even extra base power, like doubles, nope. like not not a ton of it. A lot of Slap singles. Hitter. Yep. he don't look like that guy no. right now. No, no, no. You in the break, we're talking about the Nazim Kadri mm-hmm. trade as being like kind of the I think the 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 number one seed as far right now. as recent horrible horrible trades by a Toronto major
0: uh, Sports team. Yeah, I, I, this is rising the ranks, man. Yeah, Uh, the horrible, no good, very bad trade. There was Nazem Kadri. I mean, Varsho th- has a chance to work it back a little more into the Jays' column, but Gabriel Moreno is not getting worse. Now, you know, like let's let's also be realistic that it's entirely possible that these three homers are the most he will ever hit in a single postseason. It's borderline likely that that that's Maybe. the case with with him, but. There's going to be such a long run of this. Think of the team control that a guy like Moreno has. This isn't Kadri where it was four years now, much like Kadri. It's a guy in another league or another conference. So you don't have to think about this as much, but you're just going to see it. And it's going to be a long time before that big deal kicks in for Moreno. I mean, they can go ahead and decide to pay him this year. But in terms of the team control and team-friendly stuff and all of that, it is going to linger for so long that that is the one that got away. And the other part of this as well, and Alejandro Kirk really did bounce back in spades. But just because of the bottom of defensively. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the body type there. I just don't know how much you can bank on that for a long time. Danny Jansen always hurt. We talk about it. So it's entirely possible that not only is it a guy you have to think about and how great he is, but it is a position of need for you.
1: Well, going into last off season, I think most Blue Jays fans w- looked at the three catches that the Blue Jays had and were like, Danny Jansen's the guy that like, despite him looking fan favorite. Looking better d- d- defensively, or sorry, offensively, and and leaning more into his power. Yeah, the injuries and, and and all that, and and the the proximity to free agency. Man, if you could figure out a way to use him mm-hmm. as the trade piece, then you'd do it. But that being said, there was, I, I think, a, a, a very valid take that the Blue Jays were better off this season with the tandem of Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk Mm -hmm. than they would have been with either of those those guys and Gabriel Moreno. That maybe Moreno eventually would become more valuable than both of them, but that would take time. That these guys are in their prime prime. We're talking about an all-star and a guy in Kirk who was a a DH at times and a guy in Jansen who was physically a DH during the postseason last year and (laughs) can both play... Capable defense. It is shocking how quickly this thing has turned around for the Blue Jays, both with like the diminished value of their own catchers, which is a part of it, mm-hmm. and, and how Gabriel Moreno has emerged on the scene. And, and you're right to, to say maybe this is not who he is, a guy that's going to hit for power now routinely. I will say he's hitting in a pretty pressure-packed yeah, environment totally. of the postseason against a team that they're severely underdogs to or were. And he's coming through in spades. By the way, Dodgers starting pitching over the three games in this series, it's its impossible to, to, to not talk about because it's so shocking. Four and two-thirds innings pitched by their starters in three games. Started, <laughs> I, I mean, game one was Clayton Kershaw getting just a single out. They gave up 13 earned runs over those four and two-thirds, five home runs, so more home runs than innings pitched. Opponents were hitting 571 with an 18.08 OPS. It's 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 hard to win baseball games when those are your 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 final stat lines who I think and the Dodgers go right back into despite God, their title Dodgers. in the weirdo season fake title They're I for me, I just speak for me. One of the, the biggest playoff choking dogs in recent memory.
0: How how can they not be? I mean, I they went out and caught the guy who doesn't choke in the playoffs and Mookie Betts and they infected him cannot believe what they what they did to him out there. We did this yesterday in terms of the COVID stuff. If you stamped at home with a win afterwards, I think we got to give you full credit for that one, but the Dodgers have never come remotely close to that. I don't know where you go from here because obviously they have a great plan to build a baseball team, but not a great plan to win a World Series is kind of how it seems. But I don't understand how those things are all that different because it's not that you point to, well, they don't have X, Y, or Z. Whatever the thing is you Mm -hmm. want them to have in a baseball team, they have it, but there is something, I don't know, in the water, in the room. Something's lurking there. Too many
1: chokers. Um, Probably. Basketball season around the corner. The Toronto Raptors back with some preseason action at Scotiabank Arena on Sunday, October 15th. Raptors welcome the Cairns Taipans from Australia at 6 p.m. Here's your chance to win two lower bowl tickets. Text today's code word BARNS to 59590. Again, today's code word is BARNS. Text this into 59590 right now to enter for your chance to win. If you don't win with us, you can secure your tickets to the game at Ticketmaster. .ca, more details at sportsnet.ca slash 590. So the Dodgers are chokers. Mm-hmm. Well established. Um, Bryce Harper's never won a World Series. He appeared in his first last year. And, yep. it, you know, he he was Feels tra- like a
0: World Series champ to me.
1: He, he departed the Nationals and they immediately won a World Series. But yeah, he's never physically won a postseason title. Despite that fact. He feels to me like the most clutch player on on planet Earth. So he he takes the walk uh, that leads to him being on base in game two, representing mm-hmm. the game tying run when Nick Castellanos hits the ball to right center field. Michael Harris makes a great catch and doubles him off yep. first base, and and that was that was not very good and stuff. <laughs> Granted, and, and apparently Orlando Arcia, Braves infielder, was was having some fun at the expense of Bryce Harper. Mm. Leading to yesterday's game in which Bryce Harper hit, well, two home runs, the first of which was just like absolutely tattooed. And I, I when he hit it, he didn't move for so long. I thought, oh, well, it must be foul, right? Like nobody's – I know bat flipping is on vogue. He loved it. But, like, not to that – no, it it is gone. <laughs> uh, and that was cool, uh, maybe cooler. And he did it on both home run trunks. Yep. Was his stare down of Arcia mm-hmm. rounding second base? Man, we we talked about it in the, our our Major League Baseball playoff preview. That Phillies team just is. I mean, I don't know if they're gonna win the World Series, and now they they are on the verge of eliminating the Braves yet again yeah. in the division series. But there's no more fun team than that team. <sighs> And there's no more fun player than Bryce Harper.
0: That is officially baseball's greatest cathedral now. Sorry. At least for the next five minutes. Sorry, Fenway. Sorry, Wrigley. Sorry, new Yankee Stadium. All right. We don't put that one in there. Uh, Sorry, Petco. Whatever the parks you think of as the great ones, they all pale in comparison as a scene for postseason baseball to Citizens Bank Park in Philly. Everything that goes on there. You know, I talked about this and I know I'm right because Jeff Passan tweeted it after I talked about it Mm -hmm. of... The hardest thing for guys like Harper to do is live up to it. And he has done that. Now, to your point, he has not won the World Series, but he has come through so many times in so many moments. And, you know, it is such a great place for an athlete to get to with him. And, you know, I'm sure, yeah, people in Atlanta maybe don't have a high approval rating of him, but is he at 100% right now? Is there anyone that has a bad word to say of him outside of a Braves fan right now? It's the way he plays the game, the emotion, the passion. I don't think I've ever seen him hit a home run. That isn't 550 feet. Yeah. Uh, might have to fact check that. I think it might be a little off, but I've never seen him hit a wall scraper. It feels like they are all upper deck shots. He is so fun. He plays the game with so much life. And, you know, it's part of it is the way we feel because of all the stuff we've heard surrounding this Jays team. But in a world where it's yeah, math and the matchups and this, and you have to give yourself opportunity. No, let's go sock a bomb over the wall and go, go get the guy of face who's been talking trash to you. It's impossible not to love them.
1: Yeah, they're on the verge of of getting through to the National League Championship Series for the second consecutive season. The Astros are through to the American League Championship Series for seemingly the hundredth consecutive season. Uh they're defending yep. World Series champions, uh, where they would play the Rangers after knocking off the twins. Uh Jose Abreu did the thing that I think Yeah, well, I know. Blue Jays, there's more than a few Blue Jays could have done this postseason. Erase the memories of a regular season. Mm -hmm. Jose Abreu was a big offseason acquisition for the defending World Series champs. He's bad. Like, not just like, (laughs) eh, uh, underperformed his career numbers. Like, he was like actively bad with Mm -hmm. an OPS under 700 during the regular season. In the three playoff games he has played, he's got an OPS over 1,000, hit a couple of bombs as uh, the Astros are through to the American League Championship Series, where they're going to play their AL West uh, rivals because the AL West is just better than the American League East. It's just a fact now.
0: I mean, how can you argue, honestly?
1: Uh, all right, time now for The Wake and Rake, presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bet Local. Speaking of divisional affairs, we got an AFC West affair tonight in Thursday Night Football as the Kansas City Chiefs Welcome the Denver Broncos to Arrowhead. Brent, the Chiefs are 10.5-point favorites. Now, this is... I mean, you made a kind of passing comment earlier on in the show about the receiving core Mm. that Patrick Mahomes has at his disposal. Perhaps not uh, upper echelon. No. But it's the Denver freaking Broncos... There you go. ...who the Dolphins put a 70-burger on, who the Jets... Put 31 on with Zach Wilson. And the Chiefs are like in this mold this season, as we've seen in in previous iterations under Patrick Mahomes, where like, yeah, they they get it done during the regular season. They're not here to impress you in these victories. I I feel like it would be hard not to against a Broncos defense as bad as the one that we've seen through four weeks this season
0: looking at that game i mean there's obviously a million ways you can go but if you're just looking at the spread the total or the money line the spread is the one i feel the most confident about and the chiefs covering there i loathe a big spread like this but the broncos are so bad and offense is so easy for the chiefs i like them to cover there the over under set of 47 i would just stay away from that because quite honestly i could see the chiefs getting out to a big start and then kind of just slow playing things taking their foot off the gas And i think the broncos are going to have trouble scoring so I'd stay away from the over-under money line. Uh, but yeah, give me the Chiefs uh, to cover the spread. Ten and a half, it's big, but I like it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I and like I said, the, the Chiefs don't cover all the time. They, they, they win all the time. They're doing a well, lot outside of week one against mm-hmm. the Lions uh, in a game that they they had no Chris Jones uh, or Travis Kelsey for that matter. Um, they can't help themselves against <laughs> bad teams. Like the, I think we <laughs> rightly positioned the Bears and the Broncos as very similar teams yeah. in that matchup. Uh, a couple of weeks ago is like, oh, the two worst teams in the league facing off and the Bears got off to a, a big league. Well, all right, if we're, we're comparing the, the the Bears and the Broncos, the Chiefs put up 41 yep. on the Bears, right? I I, I don't think they're going to help themselves, be able to help themselves uh, in in scoring 40 plus in this football game tonight.
0: Yep, that's exactly where I fall on it. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I love the Chiefs tonight and loathe big spreads, but even I can't stay away from that one.
1: That was The Wake and Rake presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet Local. All right, when we come back, Maple Leafs 1-0 on this very nascent NHL season. We'll talk to Mike Rupp, Stanley Cup champ, NHL Network analyst next. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.